When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In today's show, Bitcoin forgets the Fed as traders eye a classic Bitcoin price, liquidity hunt, and quitting Max Kaiser, creating Bitcoin country in three phases. Number one, make Bitcoin legal tender. Number two, establish Bitcoin maximalism. And number three, the best Bitcoin companies, conferences, and funds in the world start opening offices and moving their headquarters to El Salvador. He also says that the laws in El Salvador protect consumers from typical Ishcoin scams. No other country has had the courage to go full Bitcoin maximalism. El Salvador is the Bitcoin Citadel, the new shining city on a hill. Also breaking news, Robert Kennedy Jr. to accept campaign donations in Bitcoin. We'll also be discussing Ledger co-founder clarifies there is no backdoor in Recover firmware update. At least that's what he says. We'll also be discussing Indonesia, coming to, uh, Bitcoin coming to Indonesia, Samson Mao, and the governor of Indonesia spoke at the Miami conference, so big things in store, as well as Scaramucci says Bitcoin 50% undervalued and predicts one catalyst will trigger an explosive return for the king crypto. We'll also be discussing breaking news. Strike moves their global headquarters to El Salvador and expands to 65 countries serving over 3 billion people. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market all this plus so much more in today's show Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost, a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Welcome everyone tuning in. Happy Saturday, Stack and Stats Day. Today is May 20th, 2023, and this is pod episode number 1287. I'm your host, JV, and we have a packed house here today. So let's dive right into this market watch. We've got Bitcoin trading at roughly 27000 and back in the green. We have Ether barely back in the green as well, trading back above $1,800. And also BNB and XRP are in the green. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, you can see the current crypto market cap sent just above $1.1 trillion with only $19 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. Bitcoin dominance back on the decline at 46.3% with the Ether dominance at 19 0.4% and checking out the top 100 crypto gainers in the past 24 hours. Satoshi Vision up 6% trading at 35 bucks, followed by Injective up about 5%, trading at $7.32, followed by Ajax up 4%, trading just under 30 cents. And below that, we have Pepe and Casper. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past week, we have Hex lead in the pack up 14%. We have BSV up 5.8% and INJ up 4.6%. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, we are still neutral, rated of 48, the same as yesterday and the same as last week. And last month was a 52 neutral. And with that being shared, fam, now let's dive into today's Bitcoin technical analysis and check out the charts and what's popping. And welcome again to everyone just tuning in. 
Here we go. Bitcoin remains stuck inside of a narrow range into May 20th as the crypto market shook off the U.S. macro triggers. As right here, you're looking at the Bitcoin one-hour candle chart. Now, data from Cointelegraph Markets Point Trading View showed Bitcoin trading just below 27,000. Then Bitcoin seen brief volatility after Jerome Powell, the chair of the Fed, gave new commentary on policy and the outlook for inflation. While leaving the door open for change should it be required, Powell's language did not offer risk assets any clear signals. So Responding financial commentary resource to Kobesi letter warned that tons of uncertainty lay ahead. Now, Bitcoin nonetheless soon forgot the event, returning to a range already familiar from the weekend prior. Assessing the climate on exchanges, popular trader Sku argued that a fresh volatility was only a matter of time. Quitting him here, growing variance between perp and spot market, I guess perpetual, which I posted about previously. He summarized in Twitter and shares very tight illiquid range here between post-Friday Fed speakers, expect market to find an EQ equilibrium early next week in which both spot and perp markets will be forced to establish a trend. And a further post noted that the early signs were there for the status quo to be disrupted. Now also, he points out here, Bitcoin open interest, minimal price movement yet, positions flowing into the market again, always precedes a liquidity hunt, especially in the current environment. And fellow trader Crypto Tony went on to share, Bitcoin update, I expect will be in a range all weekend, no doubt. Bit we play the breakout if it does come that way tomorrow next year. Breakout plays are my favorite. We identify the range, set alerts, and wait for the beast to break the cage. So there you have it. Now, others were bearish on the immediate future when it came to the Bitcoin price action. Popular analytics account Income Sharks went ahead and shared the following. Bitcoin, the red squiggles, surprisingly accurate so far. Double rejection on the four-hour super trend. Expect another week of chop before the big sell-off. That's when I'll jump back in. When Twitter thinks we are going back to zero and trading resource stock money lizards shared correction in play and offered a target zone of around 24,500. So with that being shared, do you think we're most likely to correct or continue uh, our ascend? Let us know in the comments below and quoting the high priest of Bitcoin, Max Kaiser, creating Bitcoin country in three phases. Number one was making Bitcoin legal tender. Example, President Nigel Bokele. Number two, established Bitcoin maximalism to sweep away the ish coins which includes new security law treats all non-Bitcoin as securities and new securities commission. And also the Bitcoin embassy opens. I believe that's in Switzerland. Also, number three, the best Bitcoin companies, conferences and funds in the world start opening offices and moving their headquarters to El Salvador, like Swan has done, the Fold App Strike and El Zante Capital. And it continues. He also says that the laws in El Salvador protect the consumers from the typical Ishcoin scams and that no other country has the courage to go full Bitcoin maximalism. El Salvador Salvador is the Bitcoin Citadel, the new shining city on a hill. And then he tags Robert Kennedy Jr. When are you visiting? Which is going to lead us into our next uh, story of the day. How many of you have been watching Bitcoin Miami conference? I don't know how many of you are there right now, but let me know in the comments. I've been watching the live stream being uh, broadcasted on YouTube from uh, Bitcoin Magazine. I watched Jack Mahler speak yesterday. We're going to be covering the insights of what he had to share. And also Robert Kennedy Jr. discussed the need for Bitcoin in this world and also 
announced he will be accepting presidential donations as he is running for president in Bitcoin. So how cool is that? So let's uh, break this down, shall we? Robert Kennedy Jr. will be the first presidential candidate in the U.S. history to accept campaign donations in Bitcoin. He announced during his first appearance as a presidential candidate at the Bitcoin 2023 conference. He praised the crypto as a symbol of democracy and freedom during the event. Quoting him here, today we show the world the power and durability and the flexibility of Bitcoin. Almost everyone in this room is aware of the link between Bitcoin and democracy and freedom. They are passionate because of the deep representation of a deep need that we have for liberty and democracy and the promise that this innovation has to guarantee those virtues. Very powerful words. The candidate who is challenging President Sleepy Joe has been sharing his libertarian views about cryptos on Twitter. And in a post on May 3rd, he stated that crypto technologies are a major innovation engine, adding that the U.S. is hobbling the industry and driving innovation elsewhere, which we all know is fact. And he is the nephew of the 35th president of the U.S., John F. Kennedy Jr. And by attending the Bitcoin event, RFK Jr. is not only targeting voters, but also the potential source of millions of dollars in donations. Very smart man, if you were to ask me. During the last year's midterm elections, we had Scam Bankman Freed, the former CEO of the now bankrupt crypto exchange FTX, who donated $40 million in support of candidates, which mostly went to Joe Biden. Now, crypto exchange Coinbase has also been actively lobbying for legislation regulating the crypto space in the country. Now, RFK Jr.'s increase commitment to cryptos coincides with a tight regulatory environment here in the U.S., spreading uncertainty amongst players and harming an already battered industry. The candidate believes that the U.S. economy could be more resilient if it has a diverse ecosystem of currencies. Quitting him here, just as a biodiverse ecosystem is a resilient ecosystem, so too will our economy be more resilient if it had a diverse ecology of currencies, not just a single centrally controlled one. We are seeing today how fragile our over centralized system is. And I know he is preaching to the choir because, you know, Bitcoin obviously being the answer. But let me know if you had an opportunity to vote for the next presidential candidate, who would it be? And would you ever consider sending donations in Bitcoin? Let me know in the comments right down below. Now let's discuss another breaking story we've been discussing all week because there's more and more information being added, which is, uh, you know, very viable to share with you. So the Ledger CEO, ultimately came out and said there is no ledger backdoor and is denying all the rumors, but let's discuss it, shall we? The launch of the Ledger Recover, a new service allowing users of the Ledger hardware wallet to back up their secret recovery phrases, was met with an immense resistance from the crypto community. Ledger co-founder and ex-CEO Eric took the criticism against Ledger as a total uh, PR failure, but absolutely not a technical one. Ledger Recover is an over-the-air firmware update allowing users to back up their seed phrases with third-party entities. If a user opts into the new service, the recovery phrase fragments are encrypted and stored by three parties, allowing the user to recover the phrase into the future. However, the seed phrase leaving the hardware wallet did not resonate with users who considered Ledger a trustless service for storing cryptocurrencies. So addressing the rising concerns of users worldwide, he posted on Reddit, clarifying that Ledger was never a trustless solution. Quoting him here, some amount of trust must be placed into Ledger to use their product. If you don't trust Ledger, meaning you treat your uh, HW manufacturer, I guess hardware manufacturer as an adversary, that can't work. 
at all. And he argued that the Ledger Recover update does not impact the hardware wallet security model. He had the following. My mistake as a CEO during my tenure was probably not be relentless enough about explaining the security model. But at some point, you just give up as people don't care at all until they care again like now. So he believes that the only thing that has changed was the general user's perspective on trustlessness and that the Recover code in the firmware was not malicious. Quoting him again, Ledger is still safe. There is no backdoor. The ledger recover is not a conspiracy. No one will ever force anyone to use recover. Now, trusting ledger with sharding the seed phrase is like trusting ledger with signing a transaction, he added, addressing a user's recommendation about having two different firmwares to eradicate backdoor concerns. He said that it wouldn't change anything. It would be saddening for him personally. Now, the firmware update in question is not available for the Nano S, which is ledger's cheapest hardware wallet offering, as the chipset does not have enough memory to store the new firmware. But amid the rollout of Ledger's controversial firmware update, competing hardware wallet Grid Plus decided to open source its firmware for its users, quoting uh, Grid Plus here on Twitter, the most trusted name in cryptography relied upon by the world's government for their highest security applications for decades, sold products backdoored by the CIA. How can we ensure this won't happen again? Open source software, Grid Plus will open source its firmware in quarter three. Also like to point out that the Trezor hardware wallet is an open source solution as well that has been around for quite some time. Now turning the ledger controversy into a marketing opportunity, Grid Plus announced the plans to open source this device firmware firmware in the third quarter of this year to deliver greater transparency. So there you have it. If you had to choose a hardware wallet, which one do you feel the most secure with? And what are your thoughts surrounding Ledger and the alleged backdoor and the statement from the CEO? Let me know in the comments right down below. And now let's break down our next story of the day and discuss Bitcoin adoption in Indonesia. Let's freaking go. And massive shout out to Samson Mao. Now, the governor of Indonesian province, West Java, Ridman Kamil, and prominent Bitcoin global advocate, uh, Samson Mao, revealed in a fireside chat that the Indonesia Bitcoin mining campaign that the government of Indonesia is researching various ways in which Bitcoin adoption in the country could benefit its people. Let's freaking go. As we all know, the game theory in full effect. Governor Kamil explained the specific environment that makes Indonesia a potential major player in the Bitcoin mining space, saying Indonesia has the second most geothermal potential in the world, more than 800 rivers with hydropower. As Bitcoin allows the transformation of energy into money, Bitcoin could be the transformative uh, transformative for Indonesia. Indonesia. You can say that again. Super cool. He also explained that the country is already on a steady path towards adoption with more than 12 million crypto investors and 70% of which are invested into Bitcoin. According to the governor, this number only grows by half a million a year. Bring it. And in addition, the governor touched on how Bitcoin could bring financial technology to people in his country who currently do not have access to that. Quoting him here, Bitcoin is a solution, in my opinion, to the unbankable parts of my society. He explained, 40% of my people are unbankable. Now, another topic touched upon was the recent introduction of the omnibus bill that allows for 100% foreign investment into renewable energy projects above 1MW. I'm guessing that stands for megawatt. This bill could lead to increased investment and attention in the region. Quoting him again, come to Indonesia. Let's have this big reserve of renewable energy dedicated to the Bitcoin mining business. And Samson Mao touched on the opportunity at hand for Indonesia, saying that the first countries that adopt Bitcoin in a meaningful way will have a big advantage. And afterwards, the governor inquired about the way that El Salvador's Bitcoin 
bonds function. Mao replied that the bonds can finance and build out of new energy infrastructure, and Indonesia could have a volcano bond too. That's right. And overall, the talk indicated that Governor Camille is cautiously optimistic and that he sees Bitcoin as a potential game changer for the economy of his country and the livelihood of his people as a country with access to major amounts of renewable energy and large portions of the population unbanked. It is seemingly ripe for Bitcoin adoption. Quitting him again, the new generation is buying Bitcoin as a reserve. Hopefully, Indonesia will be a Bitcoin heaven in the future. So there you have it. Do you think that Indonesia is likely to make Bitcoin a legal tender and adopt the king crypto? Let me know your thoughts in the comments right down below. Now let's discuss the latest from Scaramucci and his prediction. He says the true value of Bitcoin right now, it's so undervalued, it should be worth at least $40,000 and naturally is very optimistic on the king crypto. And then we'll discuss the latest what's happening with strike adoption taking over the world, right? And the latest updates from Jack Mullers in Miami from the conference. So yeah, let's uh, break this down. Uh, shout out to the the Mooch, the CEO of hedge fund Skybridge Capital, Anthony Scaramucci, believes that Bitcoin is currently undervalued. He says in a new Bloomberg interview, the crypto market is overshot to the downside after the FTX debacle last year. Also like to point out that he had a partnership with Scandank Manfred, just saying. According to the Skybridge Capital CEO, Bitcoin should be currently worth approximately $40,000, which is about 46% lower than the current level. Uh uh, I think, do they mean higher there? I mean, we're currently at 30,000, so I don't know the math on that. But anyways, he goes on to share, a lot of things happened last year. You're mentioning the scam bankman free thing. It was almost like if John Merriweather and Bernie Madoff had a baby and it was scam bankman freed. You got everything in that story. You got fraud, you got over leverage, you've got excess confidence, and it caused a really big depression in the markets. And the market is probably overshot to the downside. And so we think intrinsically, Bitcoin's worth about... $40,000. Now, Scaramucci goes on to say that if the level of Bitcoin adoption doubles from the current level, the Bitcoin will record explosive returns. Quitting him again, what we do see is better minor activity. We see wallet expansion, for example, strike, right? You have 4% global absorption for Bitcoin, about 340 million wallets. That's roughly where the internet was back in 1998. We just have to get from 4 to 8% and you'll see explosive returns in Bitcoin. So I want people to be patient. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the Skybridge Capital CEO and to watch this video he did in Tao Scaramucci on the debt ceiling, Bitcoin and FTX. Check the show notes below the video in the description. And now for the moment, you have all been waiting for our breaking story of the day before we dive into some live Q&A. And that's the strike expansion conquering the world. Let's freaking go. Here we have it. Strike, a Chicago-based Bitcoin payment provider, expanded its services to 65 countries as announced yesterday at the Bitcoin Miami conference. How many of you watched that epic speech by Jack Mullers? Let me know in the comments below. And if you haven't watched it, I highly encourage you to do so. They also announced relocating its global head headquarters to El Salvador. That's right. Shout out to Bukele. Before its expansion, the mobile app was operational only in the United States, El Salvador, and Argentina. And according to Jack Mahler, the CEO and founder of Zap, Strike's parent company, the expansion drive aims to counter the clouded world of crypto exchanges and hidden, unregistered licensing regimes uh, and a thousand different coins. And speaking of fortune, Mahler's revealed that relocating its headquarters to El Salvador was a response to the growing anti-crypto regulatory 
uh, sentiments in the United States. That's right. Mass adoption taking place outside the U.S. People are leaving the United States and opening up shop in El Salvador as they should. So on one hand, regulations prevent Strike from offering its service in New York. But on the other hand, El Salvador introduced crypto inclusive regulations to attract technological innovations in the region. And quoting the Bitcoin office of El Salvador, El Salvador is the epic center of Bitcoin adoption and thus economic freedom, financial sovereignty, censorship resistance, and unconfiscatable wealth. When we issue the first of the volcano bonds, we will once again be blazing the path forward for this new monetary revolution. And they tweeted that back on January 11th of this year. Now, during the discussion, Mahler spoke about El Salvador's success in establishing Bitcoin as the legal tender. He believes that merchant adoption wasn't what was defining success. Instead, he weighed El Salvador's Bitcoin adoption success in terms of other factors, including increased tourism. Strike will initially allow users in the new global markets to not only receive Bitcoin, but however, Mahler's revealed plans to launch new features, including a debit card by the end of the year. For markets outside the U.S., Strike will enable U.S. dollar payments via Tether. That's right. Quitting him here. Two years ago, people would have made fun of me for our headquarters in El Salvador to launch our product to 3 billion people. But now Coinbase is fighting with Gary Gensler, aka No Clarity Gary, he said. Who's laughing now? Mahler's concluded. Strike and crypto exchange Bitfinex were amongst the first crypto companies to bag operational licenses in El Salvador. Quoting Bitfinex Securities right here, they tweeted April 11th, we are now the world's first international digital asset platform to receive approval for a digital asset asset service provider license under El Salvador's new digital assets issuance law, a milestone for financial freedom in Latin America. So take that, Sleepy Joe, in the United States. Now, El Salvador's digital asset service provider license allows Bifinex to facilitate the issuance and secondary trading of assets with clearly defined rights and obligations in the jurisdiction. So there you have it. What are your thoughts surrounding this expansion of Strike to serve over 3 billion people around the world? Let me know your thoughts in the comments right down below and don't forget to check out cryptonewsalerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live q a and i look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode